Falofalava, this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. Coming up, a bar owner in Fiji denies staff are entrained following drowning incidents. Also, this is a massive gap in our mental health system here in New Zealand. A new app aims to help Kiwi men emotionally heal. And later, coming over after high school, going through the pathway, it's always, uh, I guess, that was the big goal. The 2023 Pacific Nations Cup Series is about to get underway in Fiji. The owner of a popular five-star floating bar and restaurant in Fiji denies claims that his staff are ill-equipped and untrained to respond to emergencies after the death of a Chinese tourist following a water-based incident earlier this month. The victim, a 23-year-old university student in Australia, was with his friends when the incident occurred at Seventh Heaven Fiji in the Mamanuda Islands. Caleb Fotheringham has the story. An incident report provided to Emergency Medical Services Fiji from Seventh Heaven says the guests rapidly descended when he went swimming at around midday on the 8th of July. A Fiji police spokesperson the next day said the victim was rushed to Nadi Hospital, where he was pronounced dead. Two guests who were at the scene told RNZ Pacific employees were unprepared to handle the situation. Crystal Pay, who was on board the two-tier floating platform for a farewell gathering along with 11 other friends, thought somebody had only dropped their phone because of how long the rescue had taken. It was quite some time, like almost four to five minutes. It took very long and um, the man was unconscious and they were doing CPR and there was so much blood and water coming out. I thought he was dead. Another guest who was there and did not want to be named says he was in the water when it all happened. The guest says staff attempted to retrieve the man with no fins, then with fins and then with a weight belt. However, the owner, Eddie Rotteville, who was on board that day, says the rescue was completed in under two minutes. It's absolutely terrible. But can I say with a hand on my heart that we did everything correctly? Yes, we fitted a life jacket. Yes, we stopped the person from swimming the second time around without, without a life jacket, and, and they stopped following instructions. We've got signs up that say you must wear a life jacket in different languages. Mr Rotterville says the man who died did a snorkelling tour earlier in the day wearing a life jacket and was told to put it on before entering the water again. He says the man was fully resuscitated when brought to the surface and was breathing by himself on the boat ride back to Denaral Port. Brent Hill, Chief Executive of Tourism Fiji, says the information provided by medical services also says staff did everything they could have. Mr Hill says he knows safety is a priority on 7th Heaven from personal experience. The safety briefing occurs essentially from the minute you really get on board the transfer vessel. So they go through a whole range of safety briefings there, including detail around life vests and the provision of life vests. And also for guests that they identify or the guests request, they also provide you know, life vests to enter the water. The patrons who spoke to RNZ Pacific say they could not see lifeguards at the scene and there was no safety talk when they got on board. However, Mr Rotterville insists there are four full-time lifeguards and the bar carried more equipment than the local hospitals. I've got to give the guys credit and the team. They acted swiftly, responsibly. They've all been first aid trained. And because of that reason, the person was alive. He, he actually left us alive. Mr Rotterville says he met with the deceased man's parents who flew from China to Fiji. 
A Fiji police spokesperson told RNZ Pacific on Thursday that the investigation into the death was still ongoing. If it takes a village to raise a child, then it must also take a village to heal the inner child. That's the mana behind a new mental health tool called Inner Boy. Inner Boy is a website-based program aimed at men in New Zealand and created by Matt and his wife, Sarah Brown. The founders of the global anti-domestic violence movement, She Is Not Your Rehab. Matt Brown is a Kiwi Samoan barber who over the years has shared his own experience of overcoming family and childhood sexual abuse. Elisha Foon spoke to Matt Brown about his hopes for the app and how intergenerational trauma affects men's well-being. The tip of the iceberg for me was receiving a message from a 12-year-old rangatahi, a young kid, who messaged through saying, Matt, I think you were on national television last night. You said that you help men who struggle with, um, with violence and anger. Can you please help me so I can help my father stop him from abusing my little brother? And um, when I read that message... It broke me, I cried, showed wifey, and so we jumped online to find help for this young kid in the area that he was. There was nothing, everything online was inaccessible, cost money, um, all the anger management courses online were whitewashed or outdated. This is a massive gap in our mental health system here in New Zealand, so we we, we thought of creating something online. And so Inner Boy was birthed from that, um, from the lockdown. We wanted to create something that was accessible first, first and foremost, so free. Um, something that was relatable, that our people could relate to, um, something simple, removing all psychobabble. So it's a 30-minute program for 30 days, so men can do it in their own time, in their own pocket. It's not to replace therapy, because I'm a massive advocate for therapy, finding the right therapist and counsellor. I believe it's a, it's a beautiful tool to accompany men on their journey of healing. It's nice to hear really the journey that the app has taken. Tell me, what will Tane men find when they open up this app for free? They will get me. <laughs> Every day has a video content of me talking to them, teaching uh, emotional regulation, touching on topics like anger. How do we utilize anger for our, you know, our well-being instead of our the detrimental to our well-being? Forgiveness. What does forgiveness look like without you know having to condone you know things that we've gone through or, or people that have perpetrated violence on us as young children? And I mean, it's called Inner Boy, so it's really reparenting, teaching men how to reparent themselves. If you grew up or were raised in a very dysfunctional home or mum and dad are no longer around and you're an adult, you have to kind of reparent yourself. Speaking to the inner child within every one of us, there's content on there every day. There's, um, there's artwork, which, which my oldest daughter has drawn. So every day there'll be an activity for, for the man to go through, to journal. Wow. So really I'm hearing that these are going to be, you know, personal messages curated and really thought out. So it's almost as if people are having a Talanoa one-on-one with you. Pretty much 30 minutes for 30 days. And then what happens after that 30 days? What would you suggest people do if they need more help? Um, then after they've completed the journey, or even during the journey, they can join our Facebook group. So we have a private Facebook group just for, for men, because this app is targeted at men, men's mental health, um, which I'll, I'm on all the time, and we have monthly meetings on that group chat, uh, Facebook group, which is currently at just over 150 men so far. So... You can ask whatever question they want to the group or bring up a certain topic and it's a safe space where we, I'm, I'm uh, mediating and regulating that, that space. And just to clarify, do people need to access Wi-Fi to use the app? Yes, currently. So this is, we've just released stage one of, our, um, of this app. 
So stage two and stage three, we're trying to get that no data policy, but there's so many hoops we have to jump through to make that accessible. So MSD, the government, have funded this um, first stage of development. I'm interested as well to know how men have received this app so far. Oh, far. It's been um, very overwhelming. Like Our initial goal was to get at least 10,000 men signed up the first year using it, um, but the first day it was released, the first hour, we had over 36,000 men jumping on. One of the men messaged me saying, his words were, hey, brother, I just want to say I love you so much. And I don't even know this guy. I love you so much. Um, thank you for everything you've done in Inner Boy. It's deep. I can feel it, I can feel my pain, I can feel his pain, my pain, and I feel like I'm healing for the first time in my life. You know, and that's where the the content has been personalised. I am talking to the men directly. Um, And this has been years of research. This is, Inner Boy has come from years and years. Obviously, we, wifey and I have been working in this space for 15 years now, and being a barber for 15 years, I've talked to the men and asked them, you know, listen to these stories, what would resonate with them, you know, that's where my, all the research has been done in the barbershop. The mental health crisis that we have right now is not a one organisation or one person job. The police are collaborating with us, so they're trying to roll it through all their, um, you know, all their branches to, especially in the domestic violence sector, like if, if men are, or people who have perpetrated violence are picked up in the night, that the police can push in a boy for them to use. You know, I, I 100% believe in the quote, it takes a village to raise a child. So everyone needs to be on board. Um, yes, everyone's on their own waka, you know, rowing their ship, but I think if we're all rowing in the same direction, that can create healing for our communities. Absolutely. And with that same saying, it must take a village to heal an inner child. Yes, absolutely. I just encourage everyone to jump on it. If they have a brother, father, son, encourage all our men to jump on and use it. It's free. Um, we need to take ownership of our own healing. The Flying Fijians will battle the Ikaletahi of Tonga in the opening game of the 2023 Pacific Nations Cup Series at Churchill Park in Lautoka on Saturday afternoon. If the history of rugby matches between Fiji and Tonga is anything to go by, it's sure to be a physical encounter. Eliasa Tora is in Nandi, where both sides held their team runs this morning. The preparations are done, the battle cry sounded, and tomorrow we'll see a huge Fiji and Tonga rugby clash. The teams held their captain's run in Nandi today, and both camps are forecasting a physical encounter. Tongan captain Sonatane Takulua has been in previous battles with Fiji on the rugby paddock and knows what to expect. Um, it's gonna, I think it's going to be up front, as, as the island teams always uh, always do when they uh, we play each other. So, uh, but yeah, like, uh, Fiji's got some, some good backs too, and, and uh, I think uh, yeah, Fiji will... We'll throw the ball around, and, and same as us too. So um, yeah, it's going to be going to be a physical uh, match tomorrow. Flying Fijians' new cap, Caleb Munz, who gets his baptism of fire at the pivotal fly half role, says he is proud to be playing for his family and Fiji. I guess I'm pretty proud. Um, coming over after high school, going through the pathway, it's always uh, I guess that was the big goal. As soon as I first landed here, and it's been about four years now, I finally get the opportunity to do it, especially here in Fiji. Um, I think playing for the Juro over the last couple of years, it's really given me what Fiji rugby is all about, especially the home crowd. So now nah, it'll be awesome to get out there to, um, tomorrow, and yeah, just very proud. Tough utility forward, 
Te Ahiwaru Firikindaveta says he cannot wait for game time and getting the chance to don the Fiji colours in front of the home crowd in Lautoka. Yeah, I'm excited for the opportunity. Um, really proud of myself, not just of myself, also of my family and friends for getting me to this point in my life and my career, um, and I can't wait. Coming back to play for Fiji, what does it mean? Oh, it means a lot. It's a dream come true, and I've, I want to support and represent my family and also my country. Two weeks of camp, how has it been? It's been, to be honest, it's been tough, but really good. Atongan rugby commentator Melia Laumanu, who arrived with the Kalatahi Inandi on Thursday evening, believes it will all come down to which team makes the least mistakes. Oh, as we all know, that uh, uh, game between uh, Fiji and Tonga will always be a tough game. Um, no matter what uh, their situation, uh, their previous matches, but it's the, the game day, uh, whoever team is uh, going to make the least mistake, I should say that, uh, it's going to be the team that uh, will have uh, more opportunity. But uh, always, always, you expect upfront, uh, battle, physical, and uh, as always uh, uh, during uh, whatever uh, Fiji and Tonga meet. A capacity crowd of 15,000 is expected to pack Churchill Park for Fiji's only home game in 2023. That's Pacific Waves for today. Don't forget you can listen back on rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the team here at RNZ Pacific, to fast way